Okay, good morning, Rabbi Isai. Afreilach and Hanukkah. We're going to talk this morning about the Sivivon. Sivivon is a dreidel that is customary to play on Hanukkah. Little children play it. But there's a lot of kedusha to this dreidel. People think that the dreidel is just some a holiday toy, a little top that uh, that children play with, and they don't realize that even though, besides for the historical uh, importance that the dreidel has vis-a-vis uh, the nace, that the Yavanim used to come and check on whether or not the Jews were learning terror, which was against the law under the Greek rule, and when the Jews heard the Gayim coming in, they would immediately shot their Gemaras, and they would start playing dreidel as a, uh, as a way to sort of cover up what they were doing together, and that would, for some reason, be able to appease the, the Greeks. But besides for the historical fact that the dreidel played a role in, in the nace of Hanukkah, there's a lot of Kabbalistic importance to the dreidel. And the letters of the dreidel, Nun Gim, Gimel Shin Hei, are very, very important. If you look in the Bnei Yisachar, there is uh, a lot of taira that the Bnei Yisachar and other Gedalim and other tzaddikim write about in terms of the importance of the dreidel and its relationship to our Yantiv of Hanukkah. So I'd like to go on that path and discuss a little bit about the dreidel and about the letters on the dreidel, Nun Gimel Shin Hei, which of course spells out Nes Gadol Hayasham, that there was a great miracle that took place, Sham, over there. And I was wondering about what exactly... Um, this these ISIS have to do with with our Yantif. Meaning I'm assuming, and again this might be a false assumption, but I'm assuming that the dreidel that they played with during the times of the Yvanim also had those letters of Nun Gimel Shinhe on it. You can argue with that premise, but if we are saying that there's so much Kedusha inherent in all the aspects of the dreidel and the letters, and the gematrias, and all the deep Kabbalistic secrets in the dreidel, I don't think it's too big of a chiddish to say that those same letters, Nun Gimel Shin He, appeared on the dreidel that they played with even during the nace of Hanukkah. And I wanted to understand exactly why that would appease the Yavanim. Why exactly did these letters, Nes Gadol Hayasham, which was designed to really throw off the Ivanim and to try to appease them so that they would not assume that we are disobeying their will, what exactly is the importance of these letters? And I think if we could understand that, we'll get a great insight into the entire Yantiv of Hanukkah. There is a Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi says that the Gezeira of the Greeks, which were many, we know that the Gezei, that the Greeks were geyser against Shabbos, against Mila, against Rosh against Hamatira. There were a lot of Gezeiras that the Greeks enacted. One of the Gezeiras, says the Yerushalmi, was that they wanted the Jews to write Al-Karen Hashar, 
write for yourself on the horns of an ox. That you don't have a chelek in the God of Yisrael. Which means that the Ivanim really wanted to sever the relationship between a Yid and the Rabbi Nishan, between a Yid and his Taira. And that's why it was so important to say this Nusuch, that write it on a Karen Ashar, meaning make it a permanent part of your life, disavow any Chelek, you have nothing to do with the God of Israel, you have nothing to do with the Tairus Hashem. That was the importance, that was the mission of the Greeks when it came to dealing with Klai Yisrael. They wanted to completely sever our relationship with the Rabbi Nishlaim. It's interesting that the Lashon that we use in Alanisim is that the Yevanim wanted Lahashkicham Tairasacha. They wanted to make us forget our Taira. Which is a difficult thing to do. How do you make somebody forget something? If I try to make you forget something, I'm probably just going to make it more memorable by you. If I want you to forget, let's say, a, a score in a football game, and all I do all day is say, forget the score, forget the score, what are you going to do? You're going to remember the score, because I'm reminding you, to by me saying forget something, you're going to dig, your de- your, 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 dig yourself deeper into remembering something. So how do you make somebody forget the Tyro? And to make them uh, go against the mitzvah satayra. So I saw in the Gevuris Yitzchak from Rabbi Yitzchak that the Lashon of Shikha, he proves from a few sources that the Lashon of Shikha does not mean necessarily just to forget because we use such Lashonis even by the Rabbi Nishlam where there is no forgetfulness. So he proves that the Lashon of Shikha really means to be menatic, to sever. Lashkicham Tarasacha does not necessarily mean to forget. It could also mean that the Greeks wanted to separate and to distance ourselves from the Tyra and from Hashem. In fact, he brings a beautiful raya from a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah on Yotesam and Aleph that it speaks about the Yantu of Hanukkah. And the celebration of Hanukkah was that we should not be that was the victory of Hanukkah, that we weren't something from the Torah. What is that word? So if you look in Rashi, he says you should not have to separate yourself from the Torah because that was the plan of the Greeks. They wanted us to separate from our Tyra. They wanted to put a great wedge, to drive a wedge between Klal Yisrael and the Tyra, between Klal Yisrael and the Rabbi Nishlam. And if they could do that, then their world would be perfect. Because, again, what is the Yisait of Yavan? What do the Greeks want to always try to do? They want to uh, make Teva the dominant force in the world. The Greeks were all about Teva. The Greeks were all about, and still today, if you think about one of the great contributions that Greeks gave the world was the Olympics, because that really embodies 
what the Greeks were all about. They were about the physical, about how strong you are, about how fast you are, about how you could break records, how you can take uh, the, the physical dimension to all new levels. That's what Greek was. And, and besides for that, they had the Chachmas Ayavan, which was very, um, you know, a very, very powerful source of wisdom in the world. A lot of the science, a lot of the math, a lot of the, uh, the, the literature, the culture, Greek, Greek mythology, all of these things were the contributions of the Greeks to the world. But it all is physical. It's all material. It's not Ruchni. And so they saw Klal Yisrael as a threat to their way of life, as a threat to their ideology. This component of God, this component of the Torah, of some spiritual, uh, heavenly source of wisdom, it didn't sit well, it didn't fit neatly into the box of Greek ideology. And so they wanted to eradicate it. They wanted to make sure that the Jews stopped learning and there's a, a nituk, there's a separation, there's a severance between Klal Yisrael and the Rabbi Nishayim. The problem is, how are they going to do this? How, if you were a Greek and you were sitting in the Greek war room and you wanted to figure out a way to solve this problem, and they didn't want to kill us, Hitler also had this issue with us, but he had a much easier solution, let's just kill them. That was the final solution, and that was the way that he went about doing it. And there are, you know, different types of enemies that Klai Yisrael has throughout history, and some, you know, it's like a menu that they have. Either they could choose from menu A or menu B. They could either choose to kill us physically, or they could leave us intact physically, but try to do what's called shmad, make a gzera shmad, try to convert us and pull us away from the Tyra. And the, the Greeks chose the latter. They weren't interested in killing us. They wanted to make sure that we were not spiritual, holy, godly people. They wanted us to acculturate, to be part of the Greek culture, and that would be make that would make us fit into their into their Greek empire in a nice, neat way. But how do you do that? How do you get a Jew to separate from the Rabbi Shalom, to separate from his Torah? We know that Jews, although during the time of Hanukkah we were, as the Bach puts it, we were nisrashlu ba'avayda, we were shvach in our avayda, we were not exactly excited about doing mitzvahs and Torah, but we were still shemer Torah mitzvahs, we had the Beis HaMikdash, and we were learning and we were davening, how do you say, how do you make a gzera against a Jew that he should stop learning and stop davening? How do you make him forget the Torah? How do you make him say, She'en lachem chelik Yisrael? How, how would you do that? So the only thing that I was able to think of where we find a makar, and I'm not saying it's the only makar, but it's the makar that I thought of that we find that if somebody does something, he is severed from the Teres Hashem. If somebody has a certain type of ideology, then that effectively divorces him from the Teres Hashem. There's one thing that I that that came to mind, and um, it's a very very important yisayt to know, and that's the last Ramban in Parshas Bay, famous Ramban. The Ramban basically asks the question of why it's so important to have so many mitzvahs that are zecher li yitzias 
if we do a count, I don't know exactly how many mitzvahs we would come up with in the Torah that are Zechlitz Yisrael, but it's, it's a lot. There's a lot of mitzvahs in the Torah that are Zechlitz Yisrael. We have a mitzvah every day to mention Yitzhak Yisrael in Shema, and in, right, in the Brachas, uh, the Brachas Kriyashma. We have a mitzvah to wear tzitzis, Zechlitz Yisrael, tefillin, Zechlitz Yisrael. Pesach, of course, everything, matzahs and maror and carbon Pesach and Haggadah and Sipri all of this is, is our mitzvahs that are in order to remind ourselves of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And then there are many, many others, a, mit, a mezuzah, to put up a mezuzah on the door, a pigeon aben, um, pigeon petachamar, all of these mitzvahs are, are mitzvahs that are somehow affiliated, Shabbos, all the Yom they're all, it's like, I don't know exactly the percentage, but it's a very high percentage of the mitzvahs that the Torah says, or we know, that it's Zecher, Litzies Mitzrayim. And the Ramban is wondering why it is that the Torah has to keep on giving us all of these reminders of things that are Zechel Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And the Ramban comes up with his well-known thesis, and he says as follows, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as we know, made great Nisim G'daylam before some. He made tremendously famous, big, overt miracles in the past. In Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the Eser Makis, and then Kriyas Yamsuf, and then there are many hundreds of no, more Makis Alayam, and then we went into the Midbar, and we had the Mun, and we had the Be'er, and we had the Ananiah Kovid, and we had Matan Taira with the Kailas Brakim, and all of the manifest miracles. We had that Kufa and Klai Yisrael was chock full of miracles, overt miracles, miracles that you could not doubt that there was a God in the world if you would see it with your own eyes. But now we don't really have miracles. In Gullus, we're living in a time of Hester Panim. We don't have that many miracles. We have very few, if any, overt miracles, like clear as day miracles. Maybe, you know, in the Six Day War, maybe you could make a good case that that was a, an overt miracle. But it's very, very rare to see the hand of God in such a clear, in such a, a clear way. So how do we believe in God then? So the Ramban says that by us really believing in the mitz, in those nisim that took place back then, says the Ramban, from these great, fabulous, awesome, big, huge miracles, a person will come to admit and recognize and it'll start seeping into my brain that there are nisim nisarim, that there are hidden miracles. Shehem yisait ha kula, and this is the foundation of the Torah. She'ein la'adam chelek b'tairas meisha, a person does not have a chelek, a part in the Tyrus Maish, you cannot claim to be a card-carrying member of Klal Yisrael, of Tyrus Maisha, of the of our faction of Klal Yisrael that are Shemrei Tyre, that believe in Tyrus Maisha. You cannot claim to have a stake in that. At Sheyamin until you believe, Shekal Divareno Umikreno, that all of our matters in life and all of the events of our life, Kulam Nisim, they're all miraculous. Ein Teva Uminhagash 
There's no such thing as Teva. Klal Yisrael believes that there is no such thing as happenstance, coincidence, accident. Everything is for a reason. Everything. No matter what we do in life every single day, from the moment we wake up until the moment we go to sleep, and even when we're sleeping, no matter what we're engaged in, it's always going to be miraculous. It's always miracles. Everything is a miracle. Hashkacha Pratis abounds. The fact that we're able to breathe right now, the fact that we're able to talk and to hear and to see, the fact that the molecules in the air are working just so. Everything that we have is a miracle. It's a, it's a plain miracle. Now, it's not a, it's not a Kriyas Yamsevdika miracle. It's not a miracle that would make uh, the atheist, you know, say there's a God in the world because the problem with Teva is that it's so common that we sort of assume that it's not miraculous. The Chazanish says that the only difference between a nace and Teva is that Teva is a nace timidi. It's a miracle, but it's a constant miracle. Whatever, if we're breathing, and hopefully we're all breathing, so uh, that's a nace that we're able to breathe. How many things have to go right in the human body to make a person be able to breathe? Everything, the brain has to be functioning properly in the heart. The blood has to be pumping in the right way. And and uh, the oxygen in the air, there's a lot of components to breathing. And all of the uh, the lungs have to be working right, and and it's a tremendous nace that we could breathe. The only thing is about this nace, it's a nace that's timidi. It's a constant miracle, so we assume that that we'll chalk that up to Mother Nature, but that couldn't be further from the truth. There's no difference between a nace of Kriyas Yamsev, a nace of Itzias Mitzrayim, and the nisim, like we say in Maidim every day, the nisim that are with us every day, that surround us every single day, constantly. So the Ramban is saying, if you believe this, then you are entitled to say that you're a, you have a chelik in Teres Meishu. If you don't believe this, if you believe that there's something called nisim, and then there's something else called teva, and that they are two separate things. Meaning, I'm a from Jew, I believe in Yitzhak Mitzrayim, but I don't believe, I believe in Man Tyra, I believe in Tyra Misina, I believe all of that. But don't start telling me that every little thing that I do, God is really orchestrating and, and, and operating, and everything is, uh, everything is exactly by Ashkachas Hashem, if I wake up at this second, and if I have to stop to tie my shoelace here, and if I miss my my bus and I miss my my airplane, and I you know and and uh, and I get fired from my job and I got hired in a new job, and all these things are ashkacha pratis. Come on, well, that's not that's pushing it a little bit. God doesn't care about the little minutia of my life. Teva is teva. There's mother nature. There's leaves that are blowing, and there are, there's grass that's growing, and there's flowers, and there's oxygen, and that, that's teva. And let's not mix that up with God. God is big. He's bigger than that. So the Ramban says, if you believe what I just said, then ein lachem chelek, ein ladem chelek b'teres meisha. You cannot claim to have a chelek, to have a stake in teres meisha if you believe that. If you believe that there's teva, 
And then there is Nisim Gedalim before Samim. And so the Ramban says that when a person is able to take even a small mitzvah, that Zeichel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, he says if you buy a mezuzah, you go into the local farm store, you buy a mezuzah for a few dollars, and you put it on your door, you're proclaiming not just that HaKadosh Baruch Hu took us out of Egypt, but you're also by extension supposed to be indoctrinating yourself with a belief that HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs Teva. If he could override Teva, he must be the Balabas on Teva, and everything is Teva. Everything is Nisim. Teva is God. In fact, the Svarim HaKadoshim say that HaTeva is Begematria Lekim. HaTeva is Begematria Lekim, because God is manifest in Teva. Whatever we see in Teva, if you are looking at it with Teredika glasses, you'll see God in it. Whenever I take my kids on Chalamayed to, uh, to the zoo, there are two ways of going to the zoo. You could either go to the zoo and just say, wow, look at the peacock's feathers and look at the uh, orangutan and look at, the, uh, you know, look at that funny uh, elephant. Or you could say, wow, look at the way the Rabbi Shalom made these creatures. Look at how HaKadosh Baruch Hu made this bird so beautiful with those feathers. He didn't have to do that, but he made them so beautiful. And look at how fast that animal is. And look at how tall that animal is. And how the legs of this animal are just so. And the stipler at the beginning of his um, Birchus Peretz, um, no, I think it's Chayelam, he, he writes about a lot of animals and about how each of the animals are designed in just a certain way, which shows HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mastery of Teva in the world. You look through Rabbi Victor Miller's Svarim and how he defines the, the miracles of, uh, that abound in nature, you, in a banana and in a pear and in an apple and in a, in a flower and in, a, in, in an orange, how everything, if you see it with Tyridika glasses, there's no such thing as Teva. That's a myth that there is such a thing as Teva, there's nature. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created a beautiful world and you're supposed to see the Yad Hashem in everything that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created. That's the point, that's the point of, of Teva. Teva, as the Chazanish says, it's a nace to midi. It's just a constant miracle. It's just a matter of perspective. The reason why we look at certain things as being miraculous and certain things as being Tevadik is because we're not used to it. We're not used to the concept of Kriyas Yamsuf. So if we're not used to a sea splitting, so that's mir- miraculous. Let's say you weren't used to the concept of like in the Midbar, they, were, they got mon every day. So one of the great Tamidacham of Europe, of Aaron Baxt, he used to say that, you know, kids growing up in the Midbar, if you would tell them that when you go into Eretz Yisrael, you're going to plant a seed in the ground, and then it's going to decompose in the earth, and then with water and, and, and some sunlight, all of a sudden it's going to grow into weed and into trees or whatever, they think you're crazy. That's miraculous. That's simply, that's unbelievable. That's not bad. What do you mean it's miraculous? No, the way you eat is you get mun falling from the sky, and that's going to be, you know, that, that, that's catering for us. That's how we eat. So it's just a matter of perspective. If you are living in a time that mun is the normal thing, so then the mun is not miraculous, and planting a seed is miraculous. If you're living in our days that we plant seeds, so that's miraculous, and, and that, that's teva, and, and, then, and mun would be miraculous. But all of nature, everything is the Rabbi Nishalom. 
That's the aside that we have to take from the Ramban, and that's why he says you need all these mitzvahs of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Zechel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, all day and all night, because hopefully it'll trickle down in our brain. The more we speak about the great Nisim, we'll also make that bridge in our minds and in our hearts to the everyday miracles that are no less miraculous and no less pointing in the in the direction of proving that there is a Rabbi Nishleim than the big miracles. I was thinking that maybe this Ramban was the source of the Greeks' strategy of acculturating Klal Yisrael into their general ideology and becoming more Greek. Because if they were able to say that Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, or let's admit that it's, that's true, we'll give you that, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim exists, but don't make that leap to say that everything nowadays is also godly, everything nowadays is teva. If they could get us to believe that, and that was their whole mahus, their whole mahus is teva, in terms of athletics, sports, Olympics, mythology, all the avidizaris that they were giving us, all of the culture, all of the, the beauty of the language and the body of the, of the you know, fighting against the belief that Teva is anything but, they were, believe, they were making us believe that Teva is not godly. If they would be able to get us to think that way and to say that, you're right, there's a God in the world and the God created you know, the world, and he, let's say, and he, uh, and he did Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, all the Nisim HaGadaylam, but, but don't, you know, take that Lamaisa, don't make that, don't believe that biology and chemistry and physics is also godly. If they could do that, then they'd be able, Lashkicham Teresacha, they'd be able to say that there's a difference between the big miracles and the everyday things that are going on in life. That's the way they'd be able to push us away, drive us away from the Torah and from the Rabbanu as the Ramban said. And isn't that what the Greeks wanted? We want you to, to say that you have no chilek in Torah Hashem. The Ramban says, okay, the way to do that is believe that Teva is not godly. Believe that the Nisim HaGdailam for some of, of Mitzrayim is not applicable to us today. That doesn't prove anything. That's what the Greeks wanted to do. And I was thinking that perhaps that's why on the dreidel there are these letters that we asked at the beginning. Why would they put on their dreidel Nes and What does that have to do with, I understand maybe if we do that today, but if, if my assumption is right that those letters were on the dreidel, even when the kids were playing it during the time of the Avanim, what does that have to do with the Avanim? And perhaps what they were saying was, what they were trying to symbolize the Greeks that would come in and try to, you know, see what they were up to, Hayasham. we are saying that there were Nisim, but it was Sham. The great miracles of, of Mitzrayim, of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, all of those miracles were Sham, it was there, but we're not making the bridge to the fact that, therefore, the next step is Chirol, so that everything in Teva is also godly. That we're not going to do. When the Ivanim broke into their rooms and saw that they were playing a dreidel, and the letters on the dreidel spelled out, Nez Hayasham, 
That was exactly what they wanted to see. Because that was their whole strategy, to get the Jews to make this distance between the Nisim of Sham to the Nisim of every day, and to admit to the Greeks that the Teva that we're surrounded with is just Teva. It's just nature. It's Mother Nature. It's not godly. And once we were able to show them that, then we were able to be spared. They loved that dreidel. They loved being able to see the Nun Gimel Shimel Shin Hei because that showed that they were, that we were, the indoctrination was working. That we were not making the bridge between the Nisim Hagdelim for Samim and the Nisim Hanistarim Shehemisayda Tarakula. We, we were driving a wedge between those two concepts. And that's what the, that's what a, Please, the, the Greeks who wanted Lashkicham Tarasacha, which we explained, means to make a nituk, to separate Kla Yisrael from the Taira and from Hashem. If we would be able to be convinced that Neskadol Hayasham, that it was Dafka there, Neskadol, the great miracle, the Nisim Hagedalim, and that, but those Nisim Hagedalim have no Shaykhaz Tas here, then the Greeks' strategy was working. Because Klai Yisrael were Meiser Nefesh to this belief that they really truly believed now that everything was godly and they were just using this dreidel as a ploy, we were Zeicha with that Mesiris Nefesh and the Mesiris Nefesh of the Chashmenam, the Mesiris Nefesh of lighting, of, of going back to the Mikdash and trying to restart the Aveda once we took it back. We were Zeicha to Nisim Gedalim again. We saw ourselves, Nisim Gedalim, Hanukkah is about great Nisim. Ala Nisim, Ala Purka, and these were great overt miracles that took place in Hanukkah. The nace of the Pach Shemen was a, was a, was a, a nace as plain to see as any. And the nace of, of, uh, of the Mochama and many other Nisim that took place. We were Zeicha to that because we were, we showed that we believe in this bridge. Sakharish so Baruch gave us this, this reinvigoration of, of the fact that Akharish Baruch runs the world by showing us Nisim Gluyim. Sometimes we need Nisim Gluyim in order to remind ourselves that the Nisim Nistarim are also just that, they're Nisim. And so we still play with the dreidel that says those letters of Nes Yasham, but what we're doing by playing with the dreidel is we are showing that the Something above, a force above, is spinning the dreidel. The Svarim Akadashim say that the difference between Purim, where we have a gragger, and Chanukah, where we have a dreidel, again, these are, we think that these are just shtick, dreidels and, and graggers. There's so much inherent Kedusha that the Svarim Akadashim bring out. A gragger is something that you turn from the bottom, and the dreidel is something that you turn from the top. And that is able, that shows the difference between the Nisim of how the Nisim of Hanukkah happened versus the Nisim of Purim. Purim started with an Rusa de Lasata. We started igniting the spark of the Nase from down below. So we are the ones where we were the catalyst, so we spin the, the Gragger from below. Hanukkah was something Akadishparhu did from above. And when we're spinning this dreidel with the Neskadol Yasham, it's supposed to remind ourselves that that's just what we were telling the Ivanim. 
but at the same time, the dreidel itself, we're showing that everything in the world is spinning because of the Rabbi Nishayim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, just like he did those Nisim Gedel before Samim, everything in the world is spinning. The, the world is rotating on its axis, and, and everything, the Teva, the cycle of Teva, of nature, and in the human body, and in every ant, and in every animal, and in every galaxy, Everything is not Teva, it's all HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is making everything spin. And that's the lesson of the dreidel. You know, there's the famous question of the Beis Yasef that there are hundreds and hundreds of answers to, and that is why it is that we celebrate Hanukkah for eight nights, we should celebrate for seven nights, because there was already enough oil to last one night in the Pach Shemen, so that's not miraculous. So a lot of the Svarim... I've seen it from the um, the uh, the Chasam Seifer and the Alter from Kalim. They say a, a beautiful pshat that the first night of Hanukkah is not supposed to symbolize overt uh, an overt miracle. It's supposed to show that Teva is also a miracle. Like the Gemara in Tainus that says that Chanina ben Daisa's daughter ran out of oil and she needed to light candles, and she went to her father, she said, Tati, I don't, we're very poor, I don't have oil to light, what should I do? He says, no problem, put vinegar in the leichter. Put vinegar in the candlesticks, in the lamp, that'll work. Vinegar? Vinegar doesn't light. So he says famous words, he says, Misha yaymar l'shemen v'yadlik, hu yaymar l'chaymetz v'yadlik, the same Rabbi Nishlam that proclaimed that shemen should light, that the tab of oil is, you can light it and it, it, it's able to, to draw fire from. So vinegar, HaKadosh Baruch Hu could also say it could light. Which means to say that we're so used to Teva, and we, we write off Teva as being just Teva, and so we don't see it as being a godly thing. We think that it's, uh, you know, so the first night of Hanukkah teaches you that, forget about the fact that there was uh, that Minaiser Kankanim. The fact that Shemen Bimahus can light, that's also a miracle. You're right, we don't need to show that we found that, you know, that, that there was a, a miracle in the oil itself, that it lit more than it was supposed to, but the mere fact that it's lit, that you're able to light oil and that it works, that's, we call Teva, but that's miraculous also. That also deserves recognition on Hanukkah, when the whole Mahus of Hanukkah is to show that this bridge, that the great miracles that took place in at Pesach time and during Hanukkah, those apply to our daily lives as well. The bracha that we make every night of Hanukkah, the second bracha is, She'asa nisim laveseinu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has made nisim, he, he wrought miracles for our forefathers. Bayamim ha'heim, back in those days, Bazman hazeh, during these times, a strange bracha. What does that mean? It should say bayam ma'im. Or just say, Shasa nisim laveseinu. That already shows that it's bayam ma'im. What does it mean, bayam ma'im bazman hazeh? The Pashtus, I guess, says he did it back then, but bazman hazeh, you know, on Chafei Kislev, this is the date that he did it back then. So it's like, uh, we're going back, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're reminiscing about times of old. What I wanted to say is the pshat in this bracha, according to what we're saying this morning, I think is very gishmak. We're saying, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made these great miracles for our forefathers. 
in those days, those miracles that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made back then apply still now. We're not just reminiscing about times of old that HaKadosh Baruch Hu used to make these great miracles, Neis Yasham. What we're saying on Hanukkah is, it's Pazman Azeh, that we are understanding that every single thing that happens to us now, Pazman Azeh, today, as we're speaking right now, all the things that are going on in the world, the fact that there's a sun out, the fact that, that, that the weather is, uh, is beautiful, or it's cold, or it's hot, whatever it is, the fact that there is trees that are growing, the fact that we have food in our refrigerator, the fact that we have the ability to talk and walk and to do all the gifts that HaKadosh Baruch Hu granted us, that's miraculous. That's Bazman Azeh. If we don't understand this Yisait of Hanukkah, then I think that our Hanukkah might not be really valuable. Because if you're just celebrating Hanukkah that there was miracles that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did, then that's not the point. That's Yavon. That, that's Yavon. Yavan wants us to believe that it's just Bayam Mahim, that it's just Neskadal Hayasham, but without taking that next step and applying it to our everyday existence, every second, every breath that we take, Kalanishamat Halokah. The last Pasuk of David Amelch and Sefer Telem, Kalanishamat Halokah, Halukah, Chazal say, I'll call Nishima Unishima. Kalanisham means every breath you take, I'll call Nishima Unishima. You're supposed to say halal to the Rabbi on every breath that you take. It's all miraculous. Hanukkah teaches us this, that we're living in Cheshkas HaGalas, we're living in very dark times. We're living in times that we feel sometimes that we're left alone and that HaKadosh Baruch Hu forgot about us, and that it's 2,000 years of Golas, and maybe, you know, maybe this Golas will never end, Chas v'shalom, because we don't see miracles. Chanukah, the lights of Chanukah, are supposed to illuminate the darkness of Golas and remind us that there's a God in the world, not just for the Nisim HaGadolim that took place on these days of Chanukah on the calendar, but that it applies to every single moment of every day that we have in our lives, and that everything that happens is godly, every second. If you don't believe that, if you don't see Ashkacha Pratis, then you don't have a Chelek Pateras Meisha, that's Yavan. Yavan wants us to believe that there's, there's God, there's religion, when we go to a synagogue and pray, that's when we believe in God, but then when we go out the door of the synagogue, we leave Yeshiva, we go home, we go into the workforce, then every, all bets are off. Everything, there's no God, everything is Teva. That, there we could believe in Teva. If I'm a doctor, I believe in, in, in pure science and, no, and, and nothing to do with God in science. That's, that's what Yavan wants. Klal Yisrael has to take from Hanukkah that it's Bayam Mahim. Those Nisim were great, Bayam Mahim, but it's Bizman Azeh. It applies today. We're living with the Rabbi Nishlam every second of the day. You just need the eyes to be able to see. If you have the eyes to see the miracles, then miracles surround us. Every moment there's Nisim and Eflais. The fact, you know, Rav Victor Miller quotes his Rabbi, Rabbi Avram Grudzinski, and he used to say that means that every second that we breathe, every breath that we take, we owe HaKadosh Baruch Hu a halal. 
And he said, it's not just a, a chatzi halal, but a halal shalom. Like we said this morning by davening, you have to give HaKadosh Baruch Hu a whole halal for every breath you take. The problem is it's impossible. Even if you're a really fast davener, you can't say halal every second, every breath. So we owe HaKadosh Baruch Hu that. We're, we're held, you know, we're, we're indebted to the Rabbeinu Shalom. At the end of the, you know, I used to have the numbers. If you Google how many breaths a person takes a, a day, it's an astounding amount. And then if you multiply that by the, the weeks and the months and the years of your life, you'll find that you took millions of breaths. Every breath is a miracle. Every breath you owe HaKadosh Baruch Hu HaHal Shalom, and we're greatly indebted. If you ever think, oh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu owes me, I don't know HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We owe HaKadosh Baruch Hu millions of HaHal Shalems. On Hanukkah, we get to say a HaHal Shalom every day. And that HaHal Shalom includes not just the miracles that we experienced, but all of the Nisecha Shebuchal Yamimanu, all the breaths that we take every single moment of the day, every blessing, every cell, every molecule, everything that's functioning properly, and we're living again in dangerous times, that there are people that are not able to breathe properly. They need to be intubated in respirators and terrible, terrible things, Hashem Yirachim. When we're able to function, we're able to enjoy and to walk and to talk and to sing and to dance and to and to eat and to and to express to the Rabbanishalam, there's no greater blessing and no greater miracle than that. Hashem, we should all be Zaycha to a Lichtiga Chanukah, a beautiful, illuminated Chanukah that we we fight the Greeks just by this belief. We don't have to do anything fancy, we don't have to actually do any, anything more than just believe what we just spoke about. That the Nisim HaGedayim before Summon, that we celebrate those celebrated miracles, are really supposed to also reflect the greatest miracle, and that's the miracle that surrounds us, Bizman And that's the miracle of Teva, the Nes Tamidi. It's a constant miracle, but just because it's constant, that means that we owe HaKadosh Baruch Hu more HaKar for its constancy, not less. And so Chanukah gives us the eyes and the perception to see how HaKadosh Baruch Hu is so good to us, how we owe so much to the Rabbi Nisham, every breath that we take. And amidst Hashem, if we can come out from Chanukah with just that, the whole Chanukah is Kedai. Have a wonderful Shabbos and a Lichtige Chanukah. And amidst uh, Hashem, we should be Zeicha. This should be the last Chanukah in Galus. And next year we should be Zeicha. To be madlik the menayra b'chatzer is kachecha. Thank you. Shabbos.